0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of CSBMA Now. Today we have Zoe Gonzalez. Hi, Zoe. Hi. Hello, everyone. So basically the way that this podcast is kind of formulated around is the idea that student board members in California could really use some more resources with them they could definitely use advice hearing from people with them and I think that this is going to be a great way for us to give other board members advice as well as take in your questions answer them and discuss them with a wide panelist of people and so with us today is Zoe Gonzalez from Oxnard Zoe do you want to tell us a little bit about your district Yeah, so hello everyone, my name is Zoe Gonzalez, Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers,
1: and I am a senior at Adolfo Camarillo High School, so I'm in uh, Camarillo, California, and a part of Oxnard Union High School District, so I represent over 11 schools, I think, and it's really
0: exciting, 17,000 students, I think. Wow, okay, so it's a high school district, so real quick, do you feel like only representing high school districts actually makes your job a little bit easier since it's easier to get input from them? Um, I would say yes, just because I think a lot of
1: my, I guess peers are always on social media and that's pretty much the only way that I can get in contact with them to take my surveys and also get their input. So definitely through social media, having them be around my age or older um, is easy for me.
0: And since you represent one of approximately 11 schools, how do you think that factors into trying to represent students from schools that you don't attend? Okay,
1: so for me, my district is weird because two out of the 11 schools are in Camarillo and that's where I'm from. However, it seems like throughout all of my surveys and stuff, those two schools are the ones with the most representation. So part of my job, I think, is i have to go a little bit a little bit more out of the way or at least make more of an effort to make connections at different school sites that apart from my own in oxnard specifically south oxnard so that i can get more representation from those schools where i don't really have as many contacts as i wanted to
0: i think that's definitely a problem for students who are in a larger district. I think that in a way, some of the districts that we see that are a lot smaller, like Albany, where there's only really like one school, it's definitely a lot easier because you know everyone. But I think that even though the challenge is a little harder, I think it gives you so much more representation. It can definitely be very interesting. And I've appreciated hearing about you and your schools. But to learn a little bit more about you personally, for the viewers who obviously cannot see the video, Zoe is wearing a Dartmouth (laughs) beanie. Yes, I am. I was recently admitted
1: during early decision, so I will be attending Dartmouth College in the fall, and I'm really excited.
0: (laughs) Do you have plans yet for your major or what you want to do after college? Yeah, so I applied um, with the
1: intended major of public policy, so I'm really interested in government, public policy, learning more about the intricacies of it so that I can hopefully go towards a pre-law path and go into either business law or immigration law.
0: I think that's very interesting that you want to go into public policy with your work as a student board member. But from our interactions privately, Zoe and I met at the CSBA conference. Zoe told me that something that she thinks really helped her propel her, you know, into the student board member role is that she is actually very involved in a nonprofit. So I would love to hear more about this nonprofit, you know, how you think that that really led you to where you are today. Yeah, of course. So I'm a part of a nonprofit called
1: Justice in the Classroom and it is a nonprofit pretty much centered around Ventura County in California. And we promote educational equity and diversity in the classroom. And a big part of my job as director of partnerships is building the connection between our um, Oxnard Union High School District and our nonprofit itself, as well as some other outside organizations like Cause, Bright and um,
0: some others. How did you get
1: involved in this nonprofit? Yeah, so my friend Hans Bachwin, he was, I think, the first one recruited from Oxnard Union High School District, and he recruited me. And from there, I was just a regular member, and I um, kind of formed my own niche project with the um, Ethnic Studies Pilot Program which is where I created like this roundtable conversation between um, ethnic studies faculty and then students who are interested in ethnic studies. And we basically talked about how the first year of implementation went, um, what are some pros some cons and how are we going to progress throughout the years and why students really care about this type of curriculum. And that was kind of my big project, which um, propelled me into more of educational equity and then moving into um, student board member and the possibility of becoming that and what that would mean for my district, but also for my nonprofit as well.
0: So since you're a director and you're kind of in charge of managing the relations between your nonprofit and your school district, how do you think that that actually allows you to perform better? Or how does that change your roles as a student board member?
1: Um, I would say it's honestly helpful in so many ways, just because as a student board member for my district, there's only one of me. And then I ha- I do have an alternate, um, Israel Lozano. So he is my alternate and he's kind of my right-hand man in a way that whenever I need help, he's there for me. And he's also head of our um, Oxnard Union High School District branch of Justice in the Classroom. So we work intimately together all the time. So I think being surrounded by a big team of people who are, um, I guess, centered around this common goal of um, educational equity, it's helpful to see their different perspectives and how I can take their goals and their aspirations into my work as a student board member to possibly, you know, ignite change or create a survey or something where we can get some student data on what students are looking for and what they need in the classroom. So both of those are kind of intertwined in my personal life.
0: I think the dynamic of having a nonprofit work so closely with the school district is very cool in the sense that, you know, you already have such a large support base there to kind of work on you with your issues. But I feel like as a student board member where you're supposed to represent all these students regardless of, you know, their affiliation or their opinions on your nonprofit, do you ever feel like there's almost like a conflict of interest where you have to, you know, wonder, Is what I'm doing as a student board member in the best interest of the students, or am I getting a little too close to the agenda of the nonprofit?
1: Um, I would say, I, I think that I have enough support and guidance from Hans, Israel, my parents, and a couple of my close friends to kind of keep me grounded and keep my center focused on the students in my district. However, there are some times where I do want to implement, you know, ideas from my justice in the classroom agenda into my student board member work. And those are times where I kind of have to pull back and, you know, think that this item is such an important thing that I want to talk about. However, that's just not the focus right now. Um, And part of that is also my own, um, I guess, experiences and instances with certain things that have happened where I I just need to make sure that I'm focusing less on me and my um, personal affiliations and goals, and more towards a district, a wide mindset of what do you, what is best for everyone as a collective, and how can I, as a singular person, um, I guess steer the board and the district towards those goals of the district-wide um, student body.
0: Yeah, and so you mentioned you have an alternate and you had mentioned that to me before as well. But so why don't you first talk about how you were chosen for the student board member role?
1: Yeah, so um, through Justice in the Classroom, it was like my first, um, I guess, experience meeting and connecting with people from the district office. And I think that it had a big um, role in getting the application to me. Um, I was I think I was sent the email either directly or in a mass email um, of a link to a Google form. And that was where I had to fill out kind of what I do, a quote that um, reflects my leadership style. How have I been a leader in my district or at my school? And why do I feel qualified? Um, And that was like, I guess, mm, I wanna say March of 2020 or oh no March of 2021. Yeah, March of 2021. And then in May, I had gotten an email saying I was a finalist and there were four finalists. So I don't really know how many people turned in the Google form. But out of my entire district of 11 schools and 17,000 students, there were four um, finalists. And the next day we had to do an interview for a panel of students of the ODC which is the Oxnard District Council and that is basically uh, an accumulation of um, the ASB presidents or student board or I mean not student board um, student government presidents and possibly vice presidents and then their advisors and so it was on a google meet and I basically um I guess pitched myself as a leader and what my goals were and what I wanted to do with the role and then I was given some questions from the students of I think one of them was how would I um how would I promote my like agendas or my goals to the students and that was where I had to like really think about how would I utilize my resources and at this point I didn't know that we would go back to in-person learning So it was very social media focused, um, student square focused, um, student email mass email focused, um, and those were kind of my answers. And then I think it was three days after that, I received an email saying I got the position, and then that Israel was my alternate. I think.
0: So with that. Let's take a quick break and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to Zoe more about her alternate and how this helps her and how she feels like this system can be improved. Hey! Jamie here! Thank you so much for watching up until this point, some more information about myself real quick. My name is Jamie Nguyen, I am your host. I am currently a senior and I'm the student board member for Elk Grove Unified School District. This podcast kind of came to fruition after the CSBA conference. It was something that I thought a lot of different student board members could really gain a lot from and I'm super happy to be making it in collaboration with CSBMA, but I'd also like to advertise that If you want any more information, if you want to get more involved with our organization, our website is linked in the description of this episode. You can connect with us there, register to be a member if you're not already, and then also the CSBMA Instagram has clips of the episodes that contain what I would consider to be pretty interesting highlights plus video, and also linked if you're interested is my own personal Instagram. Feel free to let me or CSBMA know. Any of your suggestions or comments and also let me know if you want to be a guest i would love to have any student board member any student on here there's so much for us to talk about just let us know thank you for watching now let's get back to the show okay welcome back zoe and i took a quick break just to talk as besties and so now (laughs) we are going to talk about the main thing of this episode which is the idea of having an alternate And so for those of you that don't know so even though Zoe's district only has one official student board member she has an alternate and so she kind of mentioned that this person works behind the scenes of her and they work really closely with her but Zoe why don't you go a little bit more into what the responsibilities of an alternate versus what your responsibilities are
1: yeah so basically my alternate is in the know just like me so they get they have access to all of my Um, files, my reports, my surveys, all of my data, and I basically keep them in check with everything that I'm doing before the week starts, and sometimes when they're able to, they do come and watch the uh, movie, the (laughs) board meeting, and they're just there to support me, and which I completely love and appreciate, because they have been, they not only were through the process with me, Um, but they're like they stick with me throughout the entire year so if there's ever a time where I have a test or something or I'm sick or ill since they are in the know of everything that's going on they are able to just pick up where I left off and take over for that board meeting for me in my place and they just present everything that I had ready Um, and then I think that's pretty much
0: it yeah. Real quick, I think that every student board member's responsibilities kind of differ wildly. So like Zoe's kind of mentioned she gives presentations. I personally have never given a presentation. When I attend a board meeting, I sit there, I cast my preferential votes, give comments, and that's it. But Zoe, what do you do as a student board member? Yeah, so I,
1: so as I mentioned earlier, I am like really late to the game. I've never used my preferential vote before. I didn't even know it existed so, um CSBA. And so my job is to basically give a report and I basically go after the after or before the superintendent's report. And that's where I basically say what's going on in the district. And then um, depending on if I had sent out a survey or not, I um, do a data debrief with the board and the community. And I tell them um, like, what were the outcomes from the survey? What can we learn from this survey? And how can we move forward? from this survey. And that's basically my job. And then this past board meeting, I have I was a little more vocal. So I try to stay for the entire duration of the board meeting. And then if I have comments on certain items, I will speak and I'll say them. Um, but moving forward, I do plan on doing my report and then data debrief if necessary, make comments and then additionally do my preferential vote.
0: So, you know, your alternate kind of works behind the scenes of you. They basically do everything except sit at the dais on a regular occasion. And so I'm assuming that the alternate was one of the final four finalists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. And so even though you weren't in the selection committee, in your opinion, what do you think kind of was the it factor that allowed you to get the position and then he to get the alternate?
1: To be honest, I really don't know. Um, from the beginning, my alternate is so freaking smart and brilliant. And I love Israel so much. And so I I basically was just not confident in, in myself. To be quite frank, like I, I had a feeling I would either be the alternate or I just wouldn't be selected. So for me, I genuinely have no idea why, you know, I was picked. Um, but I do think like everything happens for a reason. So maybe it was my um, like desire for equality or equity or um, I guess my passion. I feel like I I come across as a very passionate person. So hopefully, probably from the committee they saw that and maybe that's why I was chosen, but genuinely I have no
0: idea. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people think about, especially in the context of people who are chosen rather than elected because i think there's always that question of you know what made me so special compared to other applicants you know what was the factor that really made them say i want you in the dais and not this next person and i feel like it can kind of drive you crazy if you stay up all night thinking about you know how i have to live up to these expectations because clearly they saw something special in me i think sometimes yeah like you do just have to live with the fact that whatever happened happened if you weren't chosen, you just continue trying to be as involved as you can. And if you are chosen, you just do what feels right and you try and fulfill the role as to the best of your ability and not think about, you know, could this other person have done it better than me? And I think that's how you live with yourself and that's how you do the best job you can. All right, I agree. I think, um, sorry, Um,
1: I think it's never, like a smart decision, I guess, to dwell over like what could have been or what wasn't or what is Um, it's just important to move forward. And I think for me, I did have or there was a point in time where I was struggling with this um, idea of a student board member because of the previous um, student board member for my district, she had done such an amazing job, and I was like being told countlessly, she was amazing, and I hope you're amazing too. You know, and those type of remarks and those, although I'm sure those people meant well, and like, um, like they just wanted me to be a good leader as she had. Um, those type of comments can get to you, and I, I was no stranger to that. So, I think part of it is understanding that although someone has been in your shoes before it is now your position and you are to make it your own and do what you think is best for your district because everyone has a different perspective, everyone has a different opinion and experience. So it's all about making the position your own and moving forward with agendas and um, I guess goals that you think are most important for the district and not your previous, you know, like um, holder of the position.
0: Yeah. For sure, you know, just because someone else has left a legacy, I think every person is different. You build your own path. You don't need to necessarily think about how you're going to compare against someone else because at the end of the day, everyone really is a different person. And it doesn't matter if everyone thinks that, you know, you or the other person was better, you guys are all your own people. And I think that's what's great. And I also think that it's great you have an alternate as a support system. And you have talked extensively about how you feel that your alternate Israel has been able to benefit you a lot. You know, you've had his support, you've had him there all the steps of the way. But in your personal opinion, or even if you were to try to think about this from Israel's kind of perspective, do you think that there are any cons to having an alternate? Um, I mean, I don't want to speak for
1: Israel because I don't know his direct opinion, but I would say being in other leadership positions like where you're not like top dog I guess or you're not like the face um can be challenging in its own ways because there are there are obviously different goals and like agendas that you want to promote that maybe your student board member doesn't or you differ on certain items and so there are probably some restrictive times where he probably doesn't see eye to eye with me or um there's something that he's really passionate about that he wants to share and He, I guess, like can't in a way. Um, But those are times where I think you just really need to build a relationship with your alternate if you do have one. Um, But overall, I think having an alternate is just really important or at least having a second board member because you are going to need a peer support um, in general, whether that be a friend or actually I take it back. I think that you do need an alternate um or a second student board member because they've been through the process with you and they are also equally as knowledgeable or maybe more knowledgeable than you on the position or on your district and so they are able to help you and guide you as an advisor would however they're they're seeing you through a peer lens and i think that that is something really important when looking at um an alternate or a second student board member
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that having an alternate does sound like a really beneficial thing. But then there's also the question of an alternate versus another student board member. The roles are definitely very similar, but there are some key differences in the idea that, you know, both of you could possibly have a preferential vote. Both of you could potentially be sitting at the dais giving reports. And so do you think that it'd be better for school districts to have, to always have an alternate or to always have an additional student board member or always have two student board members, you know?
1: Um, so for me, I'm not quite as knowledgeable on districts who have two board members, and so I don't really know how that dynamic works. For me, I'd say that my dynamic that I have going for me right now is like extremely helpful, and I think that it is probably the best method because it gives a student board member the the independence and the experience that is needed in order to shape like a, a strong leader and help me like in my next phase of my life if I do plan on going into policy or whatever. Um, but to have an alternate, I think is extremely important because you can't always know what's gonna happen in life. You know, life is unpredictable. And so if there's always, I guess, a best friend or um, like a right-hand man by your side, then you know that they're just as knowledgeable as you, like you can be confident in passing over the reins to them in the case that you aren't able to attend a board meeting or an event. And I think that that's extremely important.
0: Yeah, I think that is a great takeaway in that if you are a student board member who has other board members or you have an alternate that is great and you should definitely utilize those support systems don't be afraid to ask for help but if you don't have that peer to peer support system then i think that means you really need to take advantage of the fact that you have so much experienced staff at your you know right there for you you even have your own friends you have these student advisory groups and that you should understand you know This is not like a one-person role because you're representing an entire community. And so accordingly, you should work with that community. And don't be afraid to really just tell them, I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do next? And so with a final note, as we end off this episode, I want to thank Zoe for being here. And I want to wish her very good luck at Dartmouth next year. I'm sure me and all the listeners and everyone at CSBMA is looking forward to see what you will do in the future. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so
1: much, CSBMA. And I'm excited to see when we can reconnect again. So thank you so much.